welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Knock On Podcast, the last podcast from... Oklahoma this spring, I think. I've got Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, my man. You've been feeding us good the last several weeks. T Steez, aka Tyler Stark. And we're in the kitchen. Everybody is asleep. And man, we gotta recap the last several weeks. Cause Chad Chad, you're here for day one when we came for the hog hunt with Barklow and Torsten, yes. Andy, Trevor, uh, Evan, and you were cooking for us then. We were pretty excited because right at the end of that hunt, you flew home for a day to pack. I flew home for a day to pack, and then we immediately went out to Salt Lake City to see Tyler for, it was a pretty long anticipation for me, the launch of two new grills uh, and I thought it'd be a cool time, especially with you here, Chad, and to talk about food, but then Tyler to talk more about the, you know, the features in the new grill. When did you get yours? I, I started with an ironwood. That's, you guys sent me an ironwood probably nine months ago to do some of the first testing. Is that, is it, I think that's about how long it's been, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, it's two and a half years. I, in the I, I think even before that, I mean, I think there's a, I remember cooking on an ironwood alpha about year and a half ago maybe it's been that long yeah and then we got the beta units about nine months ago like you said so okay. that's that's the ones that i tested too was the ironwood and um well let's talk about the two new two new grills that came out you want to take it tyler you're the man sure i guess you know i jack can add some anecdotes on cooking because obviously he's the master at that but yeah i mean we got couple new grills it's technically three even though the timberline's been out but it's been uh, updated to, to be a lot better performance based uh two biggest ones though are the the pro series being updated and then the ironwood obviously and uh probably the biggest thing about them all is really the the new drivetrain we've switched to a dc power uh system we call it d2 power um and it's just much more efficient um it will get up to temp faster i know you were testing it and it was minus 12 the other day in iowa and that thing got up to temp was holding temp um, and then on top of that, coupled with the DC power, it's a, it's a brushless motor, so it's going to last a lot longer. I mean, anybody familiar with high-end power tools knows that a brushless motor drill is going to outperform, you know, your basic $50 one that you can buy at Home Depot. You buy, you know, quality, and that's what the, is in it is a brushless motor for um, everybody. So uh, that that's the big thing there. And then uh, obviously probably the most exciting thing is the addition of Wi-Fi to all the grills. So you now have the ability to control your grill no matter where you are from your phone. Um, you can be on the other side of the world as long as it's connected. Click on your phone and see what's happening, uh, see what's cooking, adjust your temp. Um, I was trying to get you to do it while we were out hunting earlier, but unfortunately we don't have a good Wi-Fi connection out here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, That's probably the biggest thing. And then the Ironwood's completely new, um, and we kind of took some of the design cues from the Timberline on that and brought in some more of the insulation, gave it a little bit bigger cooking capacity, um, really a whole new grill. Um, it's got the smoke science in it, so there's no smoke stack like our old grill. Um, you get a really consistent smoke, flavor, and temperature throughout the duration of the cook. Um, but that's pretty much it. 
also has super smoke, which I think is great Correct. on the ironwood. And I, I, when people ask, well, what is the ironwood? I said it's almost like the Timberline and the Pro Series had a baby. Yeah, that's, and what that's, came out was the ironwood. You know, so yep. I think that's cool. I think one more thing just to throw in there for people that are, are Traeger fans, you're used to in the past with the Pro Series, we identified them by barrel length. So Pro 22, Pro 34. Well, now when you look, it's Pro 575, Pro 780. So instead of talking about barrel length, we started talking about square inches of cooking space. Yeah. The What I've always liked about – I don't know. I think what I've always liked about the Pro Series in general – and I'm, I love my Timberline, but a lot of people that come to me and want to get into Traeger for the first time, they really wanted like – simplicity and like a really good size for their family or like their patio and stuff. And I really like that pro series 22. I probably turned more people that, and I really liked that renegade that was out too. Um, but the downside to them was not having the Wi-Fi that, you know, you did, well, it's Wi-Fi, but that you did with the Timberline. Um, but it's in, still in a price range. I was really surprised at the launch and see, we came, here to Oklahoma to do a little bit of hog hunting and then some hog cooking. Um, and we all went out to Salt Lake for this launch. So some of the information was the first time I heard it as well. And I was really surprised that even with the new pro series, the price is going to stay the same. That's probably the most exciting thing about yes. it. Actually so much more bang for your buck. Uh, we added all those features, didn't change the price. So there's a lot more value for the consumer. Yeah. What uh, what do you think is going to be the biggest seller? Do you think the Pro Series or the Ironwood? I mean, I, I, I still think it's the – I mean, I think the Ironwood's going to do extremely well, but at the end of the day, the Pro Series line of grills is the largest selling line of grills in the history of pellet grills. You know what I mean? So I, I think at that price point, being able to get Wi-Fi, I mean, it's seven ninety nine. You can have a Pro 575 and have Wi-Fi and all the features that come with the app and Wi-Fi. It's a tough deal to beat. So I think you're going to see some of that, but I think the Ironwood's just great because we always had that jump, right? You had to go from 999 to 1699 And that, you know, trying to walk someone up 700 bucks, even though the Timberline's the baddest pellet grill on the market, is tough. So I think having the Ironwood in the middle with that, you know, a little bit of both of the feature sets... I think it has a lot of potential at eleven ninety nine and thirteen ninety nine for the two sizes. What do you think? I've got so many people that are telling me they want to become Traeger people, or you know, they want to switch from charcoal or propane over to pellets. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of people that, as easy as they are, they're in a way like I was when I started. It there's like an in intimidation factor of using a pellet grill and i personally think it's because i had bought a smoker years ago like you know that looked like a little refrigerator or whatever and although i had some buddies that smoked that had just a you know that type of a smoker i just never was really good at it and so eventually i just quit using it went back to the grill and i was i think i was worried about that like the first time you called me and uh you know talk to me about traeger i was i was still like well i want to i need to try it for myself sure. and i think there's still my dad's that way too you know every single time 
he's seems a little bit intimidated by it because I don't think he's using it enough. But I think there's really three things most people can, you know, that they should know if they buy a Traeger for the first time. Um, always after you get it set up and running, it's really easy. It's really hard to mess up food. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as your oven. Yeah. It, yeah. It's <coughs> agreed. It, yeah. It's as simple as the oven. That's a good way to put it. Um, always run the, the shutdown cycle. That's the one thing that everybody should know is, you know, when you turn it off, don't just flip the switch off in the back because when you do that, it doesn't properly burn out all the pellets that are left in there. So it, it's almost like it's, it's exactly like if you're out having a campfire and everybody's done for the night and you're ready to go in and you throw a bucket of water on there. And then the next time you go use the campfire pit, it's got half a pit full of wet wood in there. And now you're going to start putting other wood on top of it, trying to get it to go again. And it's just, it's not going to be the same, right? I mean, you agree? Oh yeah. And then the next thing I would say is just understanding the the only type of maintenance that you need to do. Like you don't have to worry about replacing burners and, you know, like I, it seemed like I replaced burners all the time on propane. I didn't know if it was because the, the metal on those were just so junky. Someone asked me the other day how long I should expect my Traeger to last. And from the very first one I still have, that thing, I mean, it's not like it, it definitely does not corrode like the inside of, you know, some of my propane grills that I have, or I should say most of them. What's the, why is that? Um, I, I will tell you, I think the, the main one is because of our kind of drip pan technology. You're taking a lot of those drippings that come down and through, and on a gas grill, they just stay there. I mean, they're falling on top of the burners, they're doing this, but they hit our drip tray and slide down into, you know, the, the grease evacuation, whether it be a bucket or whether it be an internal, unlike on the Timberline, kind of that internal uh, canister we have inside of it. Yeah. So I, I think that to me, because when you look at it, that's what contaminates things more than anything. And a lot of people are too lazy to clean that out on a gas grill. And so you end up getting off flavors. You have burner issues unless, yeah. you know, unless you paid the money to buy a grill that had like stainless three or four burners where you don't have to worry about it, but most people don't. So I think that's why you had so many, have so many maintenance issues with gas grills compared to the Traeger. Yeah. You agree? That's a good point. Um, I think people understanding that for every bag of pellets you run, you should just remove that drip tray, lift the cover off over the top of the, you know, the little burner pot and vacuum that thing out. That's the biggest thing. If you just remember every time you open up a new bag of pellets to put in there before you fire it up, just realize you need to clean out what little ash is left in there after running that shutdown mode. That's probably the most common thing people don't do enough and they'll start experiencing issues with temp. Um, You know, it's pure airflow. If that starts building up, you're not getting the proper fans or the fans not pushing the air through and stoking the flame to its proper temp. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that people do miss is that regular clean out. Yeah. Or, and the next thing, I guess, number three would be uh, just recognizing your pellets and storing your pellets correctly. Um, and again, all this stuff, I've had Traegers just over two years, I would guess mm-hmm. now. 
And these are all things that are easily relatable to just trying to start a fire in general. I mean, if, if you've got wet wood, it's not going to get very hot for a very long, long, long time. And in most grilling situations, you know, the, the pellet pot isn't big enough for you to, to be burning enough pellets at one time to dry the other ones out. Um, so if, you know, if your pellets have any type of moisture, they're not going to, they're not going to burn as they should. And you're not going to reach temperature. My mom living down in Mississippi in the, in the, uh, summertime, it gets incredibly humid and, you know, and actually right, right out here, there's some pellets, um, from like the first year I was here, someone set pellets outside and just yeah. within a matter of a few days, they just swole mm-hmm. up to the point where they like broke, broke the bag. So storing your pellets somewhere where they can not draw moisture and on the pro series, there's a trap door on the back and that's what it's for. You know, I told yep. my mom, if you're not going to be cooking, for a couple of weeks, just open that thing, drop it into it. You know, I use like a Yeti bucket, but Traeger's got little buckets too and bring yep. it inside. Well, but, but at the same time, I mean, I think if you look at it, John, we've had pellets right back here in this closet for over a year. Oh yeah. Yep. And I opened them up and used them today. It's a closet. It's inside, you know, and, and, and it's not like we're running air conditioning in this lodge all the time, but it's somewhere it's, it's dry. It's not a superhuman environment and, and, They've ran fine. I mean, I, I know those are pellets that we've had here since this last hunt last year. What um, What's probably the number one customer service question you get, Tyler? Ooh. That's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, not working in customer service, I don't get a lot of those. <laughs> <but> it, <laughs> um, no, it's usually related just to, you know, just the maintenance stuff, you know, like to your point earlier, people are intimidated because it is a different fuel source than, you know, most people have in their backyards. Um, and so with that comes a slight learning curve. And I think that's the biggest thing is, well, when I get one of these, what do I do with it? You know, um, like I say, I get, I've heard lots of things around, oh, it's not getting up to temp. Well, did you vacuum it out? Well, no, I've never vacuumed out. Vacuum it out. Sure enough, it goes back to temp yeah. and it's going fine. So it's just those little things that, I think most commonly are there and it's purely because it is a more uncommon cooking device, but it's a better way to cook. Yeah. So I was on a PR call today with gear patrol and our VP of product development, Michael Colson was on. And this guy asked the, the guy from gear patrol asked the same exact question. And Michael said, it really comes down to user questions. You know, as far as like, Hey, my grill won't get a temp. What's wrong? Well, you come to find out, like you said earlier, Duds, they've had pellets in their hopper for six weeks. Yeah. They haven't vacuumed it out in, you know, four months. Um, those kind of things. And once they kind of go through that process and, and get the grill back in, you know, working order, everything functions as as is. So that's probably from, from his side, that's the number one thing. Now he said after Friday, the number one customer support call was, Where can I go buy these new grills at? Yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was good. What are the options? There's so many. I mean, like by me, I know Costco has big events. Um, I, I would, I would Ace, Ace has events. I know Shields mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Home Just Depot. Home Depot. I mean, Home Depot and Ace are the two biggest mm. national accounts we have. And I think anybody listening to this podcast is with. Are they limited on models they can get? Um, Home Depot carries the Pro Series. Yep. 
Um, Ace was actually our launch partner for the Ironwood and the Carry Pro Series. And then you can always go on TriggerGirls.com dealer locator and look, and all your platinum dealers on there have Timberlines. Okay. And the other models, too. And the other models, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A platinum dealer on our dealer locator Timberline down. signifies that they have every one of our products and some of our accessories. They go pretty deep in our line at the platinum level. Chad, what are, for someone starting out on grilling, wanting to wanting to up their game, let's say they're, they're I don't know, level 2 to 4 out of 10, and really want to up their game. What do you, th- what do you think's the, the three things they need to invest in? Um, I mean, obviously, first off, I mean, a Traeger makes everything a little bit better and easier to cook on. I mean, as far as the consistent temperature, um, what I like about it is being able to throw food on, know it's safe. You might be able to come back here into the kitchen, monitor it from your phone. And then also work on your side dishes, this and that. So I think having a grill that gives you nice, consistent temperature, wood-fired, is a big one. Two is, you know, with me and you've talked about this on the podcast before, quick cooking by time. Time is a guideline. Yeah. Every animal's lived a different life. Invest in your, yourself an instant read thermometer and cook to temperature and cook to feel. Um, for beginners, cooking to feel is a little bit hard. I try to explain it as on these longer cook items like pork butts and briskets. Um, but even like last night, the the wild hog uh, tenderloins we did, pack straps, those, it's it's a feel thing. So when, when you go to, to check the meat, when you slide that instant read thermometer in there, you almost want it to be like slides in really nicely. Once you get in the middle of the meat, there's a little resistance. And you want that little bit of resistance in the middle because once you pull it off, it's going to carry over cook for another 10 to 30 minutes, depending on how big a piece of meat it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think investing in that instant read kind of lets you get an idea of temperature, but then it also starts helping you with understanding what the feel is like. And I always tell people if they want to practice, super simple. Take a little block of butter, put it on your counter, let it sit there all day. Take your instant read thermometer, slide it into it. It's going to feel the way it should feel when a brisket or a pork butt or a, a, a meat like that is done. Really? Yeah. The butter practice. Butter practice. Never knew it. And then a third one I would say is repetition. There's nothing better than just getting out there and cooking. Mm. Um, you know, that that's the, you know, getting in reps and being able to understand, trying different flavor profiles, um, trying different cook temperatures. You know, for me, I'm a big, you know, 275 guy, you know, 225, 275, depending on what we're doing. Um, but just playing around with different temperatures, different flavor profiles, finding out what you like, what your friends like, what your family likes. But the more you cook, the more you're going to get a feel for it and be able just to kind of second nature know, okay, I need to go check on this or I need to go check on that. How much do you think it really changes the taste cooking at 275 versus like 375 with well, this atmosphere? <laughs> like, you know, I, th- I think there's a big difference, you know, doing it like in an oven where it's like really dry. But honestly, there's been times where I'll call you and say, hey, man. I need to speed I, things up. Yeah, I've, I need. <laughs> I, didn't get, I got home an hour late. <laughs> yeah, I got home an hour late. I got people coming an hour early. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know how many times I've told you that. And you're like, okay, here's speed round. And you give me speed round. And honestly, it's like, okay, this is still. 
awesome. Yeah. Like I don't, I can't really say it's better. I mean, what's the what? What is some of the? Well, I, I think it's a couple things. I think it's really kind of degrees of freedom. So when you cook it a you know three two seventy five compared to three seventy five, the window when that meat's done is much wider. Okay. Right. So at three seventy five. You know when I when we talk about it, I'm like, all right, you're going to speed this up, but I need you to check it every 10 minutes because yeah. there's a chance if you wait and check it every 30 minutes, that next 30 minutes when you go back, it's could be five like six that. degrees over. It could, yeah. it, could, it could be you know you could be pulling off ribs and it's I, the one I remember is you were cooking ribs for something for Harry, I think the track team. Yeah, and we ended up cooking them at 375. I mean, you m- went through these ribs and like. Two hours, forty-five minutes, or three hours. Yeah, and and they were great. I remember you telling me like, dude, yeah. Harry loved them. They, you know, the team loved them. But I kept telling you, dude, once you know, don't be more than thirty minutes in wrap. And as soon as thirty minutes hits, you got to check them because we could lose them. And yeah, you know, you could open that thing up and it would have been just bones and pork meat. You know? <laughs> so, I, I I think that's the thing about moving up in temperature. You can do it. There's a lot of great competition cooks that are winning, hands down cooking at 375 plus but these are guys that are out there competing 30 weekends a year they've they've got the timeline set in their head so cooking at a lower temperature the other thing is you're going to get a little more smoke flavor yeah uh, just because of the the way the wood burns yeah um but i would say that's the two biggest things is degrees of freedom of of hitting the perfect product and getting a little more smoky flavor i feel like i've got a pretty good system where I cook it. I cook at four hundred a lot for for our meals at home. Whenever I'm cooking, like wild game steaks, if I'm doing back straps, um, if I do a New York strip, or you know, even if I'm doing pork choppers or whatever, I cook at four hundred. And normally, I can pull those off, and it takes them about eighteen minutes to rest normally. Mm-hmm. And it's that's almost exactly how long it takes for me to cook broccoli. Asparagus. Yeah, asparagus, <laughs> broccoli, those peppers. Um, trying to think kind of what some of my favorites are. but You're, I, you, you like you like Brussels. Yeah. Brussels would fall into that same yeah. 400 degrees, 18 minutes. Yep. And I, I like cooking at that because they cook a little bit faster, but I'm also pulling them off and slicing, you know, that meat right as it's done resting. And I feel like I can get home, and if I throw normal size steaks on on that temperature, you know, in that twenty to twenty five minute range, it's like the perfect amount of time for me to prep the veggies and, and kind of just have them sitting there waiting. And as soon as those internal temperatures hit, then I'm just pulling one off. It's kind of neat. You're go- you're going from veg prep to meat resting, veg cooking. And obviously, you always want to serve your vegetables hot, so yep. it's kind of the, yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think I'm sacrificing flavor cooking at 400. I don't know, man. I'm, <laughs> I'd put a reverse here, pork chop. Now, you got you to gotta spend more. Now, if you tell me we're on a time crunch and, and you got 30 minutes to do dinner, I agree with the 400. But we go two-inch pork chop, 225 sear, Versus 400 straight. I don't know, man. You'll definitely get more smoke flavor into it. That's for sure. Yeah. We may be, we may be talking about a uh, taste test. Taste test, yeah. What do you think, Tyler? Consumer research. What would win? 
I'm going to go with Chad here just because he's the competition on that, too. <laughs> I think those lower and slower, too, you have more time for that fat to render down, so that meat will get a little bit more tender, yeah, a little bit more yeah. flavorful just because you burn through some of that. Yeah, for, I guess from that from that look alone, if people are into I, – I trim a lot of my fat off meats, but I know some people really like marbling a lot. <laughs> uh, but – it would definitely be better that way. I know low and slow, like on the on like my elk shoulders and my elk yeah. neck. Like, there's just no way you can speed that up. You yep. can't speed it. I mean, it'd be like trying to. I mean, can you speed up a pork butt like a pulled pork butt? You, you can. Um, I mean, there's been times before, you know, charity events or something where I'm having to turn through forty or fifty butts, and I'll cook cook them at three twenty five, fat side down, and they'll be done in six and a half to seven hours depending on the size of them and, and, and it's still a great pork butt i mean yeah i usually take it up to because you're cooking at a higher temperature and i still want to have great color and bark i won't wrap until about 175 so it gets better color oh. and then i'll wrap it and so it'll get it, you wrap it'll, it 160 165 ish yeah um that's if i'm cooking it 225 275 um but if i'm cooking at a higher temp i wrap at a higher temp so it has more opportunity to gain color one of the other, I shouldn't say one of, but I guess another, um, I don't know, concern I guess I had of trying to cook properly was just not understanding some of the the basics because, like you said, I was always focused on time cooking. Like, especially when you learn to cook in the oven, it's just like, oh, you're putting a turkey in the oven? It's this amount of time. It did. That's I mean, 20 minutes per pound. And sometimes <laughs> you'd be like, man, is that a good chicken? And the next time you'd be like, wow this one's pretty dried out or whatever but yeah obviously you're not cooking for temperature um but once i started doing that which i only started doing it because i was around you enough just watching how often you're putting that probe in and really pulling at the you know when you're in the exact digits that you want to be in but there are very simple basics to core cooks that I think would be really cool to just talk about. Um, like for example, for me, when I'm cooking whitetail or mule deer or axis or whatever, if I'm cooking a backstrap, I personally like them right at medium rare to medium. I don't like them like medium rare slash rare you know, Rogan does. I personally don't. Yep. Um, so I pull mine at like 133, 134. And even, even on axis? Huh? Even on axis, you yeah. that high? Yeah. And I'll wrap them and then I'll stage them in a Yeti. And the reason I do that, I put them in there because you've talked about this on the past. It gives the meat the ability to redistribute its juices entirely from the center out because you're cooking on the outside. I'm just repeating what you've taught me. Um, but if you're cooking steaks and you like it, you know, medium slash medium rare, um, that's really all you need to do. You don't need to know a time because depending on how thick you cut the your those loins or how thick you cut the back straps or if you leave them whole, you really have to go off temperature yes and for me that's the numbers 133 to 135 um rogan likes his rare and he pulls it like 120 yeah yeah yeah. barely over 125 between 125 and 130 
So just remember, if you're wanting steaks, you know, 135 is kind of the number for medium, and that never really changes. Yeah, and I'm a 132 guy, like the the strip one we had tonight. Yep. I mean, 132 to me, ribeyes, this and that. My axis deer number is a little bit lower just because I was always scared that it's just so lean. Yeah. I was worried about it. So I, I've always pulled it when I've cooked it at 128, 130. Uh-huh. Um, and it hasn't been that bloody rareish. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a medium rare eater. And I, I always thought it was kind of in that, that wheelhouse. Yeah. But I think with something like axis, you're so riding the line. I mean, yeah. Three four degrees could be yeah you yeah any type of and, and 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 for you guys it's such a tough animal to harvest yeah you know what I mean so it's like I would hate to I would I would hate to mess up something that you know you've been stalking really for five days you know yeah any type of animal that you're hunting there's I mean you have an investment yeah in that but um, yeah I think for the average person. If they want some basics, and if you're listening to the podcast, get a pen and paper. I'm trying to keep it simple for you. Um, steaks, you know, anywhere from 132 to 135. Pull them. Let them sit for about 18 or 20 minutes yep. in a little cooler while you're waiting for uh, your vegetables to cook. And, you know, if you're cooking at 400 degrees then most vegetables are going to cook right in that 18-minute range. Yep. You know, if you have them, just kind of toss in some olive oil. Um, next would be chicken. I mean, chicken isn't rocket science. Uh, the chicken, you know, if you do a, a Traeger beer can chicken, it's almost the easiest dang uh, recipe to do. I mean, a lot of people, you have people start with chickens, don't you? That, like, that we oh, call it. challenge. Yep. Because yeah. it's um, foolproof, it's awesome, and for chicken, what number do you need, Chad? Well, I, I think first off, the reason more triggers have been sold because of chicken is we all grew up on gas grill chicken. Yeah, and it's dry. It's it, there's nothing good about gas grill chicken. Yeah. A little burnt. Yeah, yeah, little 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 little, little chart on the outside, little real dry on the inside. Just not a good look. Either burnt drummies or yeah. Like, yeah. So so for me, if you're talking about a whole chicken chicken challenge, you're cooking it beer can style. You turn the trigger to 450, 90 minutes. That's it. When you're first getting started, that's it. I was actually just answering. I had three DMs today about, I, I love chicken breast, man. What do you do? My chicken breast is 275 till it hits 160 internal. Yep. And everybody says, oh, but the FDA says it has to be you know 165 to be safe. Two things about that. One, that same statement also reads, if it's been at an internal temperature of 145 or higher for more than five minutes, all the microbials are dead. Okay. The other thing is you pull it off at 160, put it in your Yeti, let it rest for 15, 18 minutes. It's also going to carry over cook to 165, but it will be the most moist chicken you've ever had. Hmm. Yeah. You told me 160 yeah. always for chicken. And then what's the number you told me for pork? 145. Okay, which that was surprising to me because I was always told 160. Right, and and the U and, yeah, and the and the USDA changed that number from 165 to 145 year and a half two years ago, and they should have changed it two decades ago. I mean, nobody's gotten trichinosis from farm raised pork, and I don't know. Would you do years. the same? What's the number that it needs it for trichinosis? Like if it's a wild, we we cooked the one we ate last night to 145. Okay. 
Okay. And, and, and really, if you think about it, John, I mean, that was – it was really good. But if that would have went another five degrees, yeah, it, it would have been over. It definitely was on the like, – It was on it, the edge of being over. I would have yeah. guessed, guessed by just like the – I don't know, the the taste and how, and the color of it. Like, you know, it's not like it looked like – like There was no pink. The, there was no pink at all. It was consistent all the way through. I would have guessed you pulled that at 160. No, I but pulled that's it good at, to know. So I pulled it at 145. If you're doing pork chops – that's all you need to do. You and know, I actually you, I actually reverse seared that. So I pulled it off at 128, put the 575 all the way up to 450, let the grates get hot for three or four minutes, and then I seared them off for about three minutes each side. Um, once it hit 145, pulled them off, brought them in here, set them on the table for 15 minutes or so. Um, and that was – and, yeah, they were – Super juicy, looked good, and I think everybody enjoyed them. Okay, quick bullet then on uh, beef brisket. Beef brisket, if you've got one number, so I always tell people, um, I start on a longer cook like that. I start at 225 mm-hmm. to build some bark. Um, this this and pork butter are very similar. Um, 225, build some bark, fat side down on both of them. Once it hits 165 internal, I'm going to wrap. Um, Why is fat side down? I thought it was up. I've been doing it wrong. You're igniting a controversy right now. I'm not even. He's not igniting a controversy. It's a. So there's two people that have made the two big biggest barbecue fallacies, and they both have a special place in hell. The first <laughs> one is the guy that says cook fat side up because it moisturizes the meat. Okay. Right. Well, maybe I want to know why. Okay, so fats made up of I learned that, but maybe fats I'm... made up of Fat. oil. Yeah. Okay. Muscle fibers are made up of water protein and water. Yeah. What two things don't mix? Yeah, fat and water, oil and water. So an oil-based fat is not going to moisturize a water-based meat. So cooking on a Traeger and on most grills out there, I would rather have the fat side down because you have radiant heat coming up from the heat source. So I'd rather that fat melt and protect the meat that I care about on a pork butt, on a brisket, on a prime rib, on a strip loin. I would rather have that there as my insurance policy. Underneath? Exactly. Okay. It's like a shield. Yep. The other one, the guy that should be buried or should be sitting right there with Lucifer is the guy that says sear in the juices. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't like that either. No. <laughs> but once again, we've talked about it. You're taking yeah. a cold piece of meat, put it on a really hot fire. First thing it does is rupture all the cellular structure on the outside, which when you cook a steak that way, four minutes on super high each side, and you pull it off, you rest it, you slice it, you see that gray ring all the way around it? Yeah. It's the cellular structure you destroyed. Yeah. That's why when people go from doing that to reverse here, they go, damn, the steak has so much flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I learned that. Fat side down. I'm going to have to try that. So so we did stop it, yeah, though, on yeah. brisket and butts. You get to 165. I like to wrap. For people starting at home on brisket, I just like to take I, – I use foil over, over uh, paper. I add a little bit of low-sodium beef broth just to have a little steaming liquid in there. Wrap up the foil real tight. I'm going to move the grill to 275. 
and I'm going to cook it until on brisket till it hits. It depends on what grade of brisket you're cooking. Like if you're cooking a choice brisket, it's going to be somewhere between 195 and 200. If you're cooking a prime brisket, it's going to be somewhere between 200 and 205. And if it's a Wagyu brisket, it's probably going to be somewhere between 207 to 212. Pork butt, when you wrap it, I like to put a little cup of apple juice in it. Once again, just a steaming agent. And almost all pork butts, once they hit 200, between 200 and 202 degrees, they're done. Yeah. And then you're... And, th- and then you're pulling them off, and here's the key step. Yeah, exactly. You're pulling them off, and you're opening that foil up. And you're letting all that steam come off of it. You're letting the cooking process stop. And once you can see no more visible steam... That's when you rewrap it, put it in your Yeti, and both those big cuts of meat need at least an hour, but will hold up to four to six hours. Yep. So that's why I always say if if you miss serving people at your party over brisket or pork butt, it's foolish. Yeah. You can have it done, have it resting, and and just, and, and that way you get to socialize with the people as they're arriving. You've already got your main meats. Yeah, resting. You know what I mean? Yep. So that way when everybody's starting to get there, you can get those prepared and sliced. And for beginners too, one more thing on brisket, always make sure you're slicing against the grain. And that goes for any meat. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh, Let me see. Well, ribs. Give them them the the cliff notes on ribs. So, you know, the top three recipes search at TriggerGirls.com where you have over 1,300 recipes, is 3-2-1 ribs. And 3-2-1 ribs is a great place to start. Personally, I don't like it. I think if you're in foil for two hours, you cook a lot of the pork flavor out of the rib. Mm -hmm. So the way that I cook ribs is 275. I start off bone side down, um, usually two hours and 15 minutes, two hours and 45 minutes. And I'm waiting to watch that meat pull back from the ribs. Yep. And I'm also looking for the color. Um, I always, when my ribs are just cooking like that, I like them to be a dark mahogany color. It's actually a little darker than I want the finished rib to be. Mm-hmm. Because I know once I put it in wrap with a little bit of apple juice, that color is going to lighten. So I actually overcolor, looking for about quarter inch of bone pull, grab two pieces of foil, put them down. For beginners, it's literally half cup of apple juice in the foil. Put the ribs face down in the apple juice. Wrap it up really tight. Throw it back on at 275 for 45 minutes to an hour. And then you're going to want to open it up. Take your instant read thermometer. Go between the two biggest bones. Make sure you're not touching a bone. You're in the meat. 203 to 204. And once it hits that, once I wrap, I put my sauce on in a little saucepan with two pads of butter i mix that up real well what the butter is going to do for you it's going to turn that sauce into more of a glaze and it's going to give it a lot more sheen when you do that it's also going to mean in that 45 minutes 10 hour you're going to have warm glaze to put on warm meat one of the biggest mistakes people make is they take sauce out of their fridge or it's just been sitting on the table for an hour and they slap it on this hot rib and it doesn't want to adhere and so that's when you bite that rib and you kind of get that barbecue lipstick on your lips. Yeah. It's because you took a cold sauce and put it on a really warm piece of meat. 
And I don't consider myself, I don't think I sauce anything. I mm. glaze things. I like it to be thin. I like it to be warm. And once again, sauce should never overpower the meat. Yeah. It should just be there as a compliment, just like the rub, just like the smoke. Nothing should ever overpower the flavor of the protein. Yeah. Got anything to add, Tyler? Nailed it. What's the favorite thing you've got to cook? Uh, I experiment, man. I, I Literally, I do everything. I probably like to do pizzas a lot. We make a, make our own dough, so pizza on the grill is pretty amazing. I also get the pleasure of traveling with Chad quite a bit, so I always try my hand at barbecue. So <laughs> we like to have friends over, and I do a lot of ribs. I do a lot of pork. But um, honestly, I use my grill. I do so many appetizers and stuff on it, too. Um, just, I mean, dips. Uh, those are super easy to do. Dips. Yeah, you do like artichoke dips, cheese dips. Just put them um, in like a, you know, a little popper type stuff. Corningware or something. Yeah, same dish that I would normally use in my oven. Really? Yeah. Never tried that. You talk. You got me going on the the apple pie, uh, yeah, which well, was a game desserts changer. Desserts are always good on there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will tell you this: you too, have guys. to you, the pizzas that I've done. Um, the first time I did it, I made a mistake of not using a pizza stone. I, I usually go straight on my grates. You do? Yeah. I might have did it wrong. Pizza stones are really great. They just help you retain that heat, and they do give it a little bit extra crust in the bottom. But I felt um, like the bottom cooked before the top did the way I had done it, but I might have been a too high of a temp. Could be. I, I usually go about 375. Are you on the lower grate? Mm-hmm. You are. Yep. I know I like the taste for sure, but I know with the pizza stone I had a more even cook on at least the ones I was doing, but I guess it's it definitely a benefit. Of the well, pizza I was doing more of a sto- I was doing like store-bought pizzas. I wasn't doing like your own crust. I wonder if that made the difference. Yeah, even store-bought, but you like a Papa Murphy's, like that stuff on there oh. is just super easy. And I, I, I go straight on the grates. Chad, you told me you do that when you go home. Yeah. After barbecue competitions, when you're so barbecued out, you're hanging around the pool on Sunday, take and bake pizza, three seventy five, eighteen 18 to 22 minutes, depending on the size of it, right on the grate. Oh, man, it's, it's so good. Okay. And the other one I will tell you, too, is um, I like to make my own lasagna, but if you're just lazy and you buy a Stouffer's lasagna or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of putting it in your oven, throw it on the Traeger, holy smokes, it's so much better. And it's not like this smoky, smoky lasagna. Yeah. It's just that kiss of smoke where you're like, damn, that's that's different. Yeah. You know? You made an you made two unreal dishes tonight. I mean, you had a it, it was like a Thanksgiving spread, wasn't it, Tyler? Oh, it was a ton. Tyler of did say he goes, yeah. it kind of <laughs> looks like Thanksgiving here. It, I mean, it it was unbelievable. But my two favorites were the sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. and you did a grilled corn salad, yeah. uh, spinach salad. Tell tell me what's in that. Okay, so we'll start with the salad, and this I'm glad you enjoyed it so much because it's so simple. Um, yeah, me too. So it was a uh, because we're feeding you know twelve people at camp, and you guys have walked an average of seven miles today. Yeah, which is something interesting that I've kind of evolved from when I first came out here. I came out, you know, when I came out here two years ago and started cooking with you guys and this and that. I'm like, I'm a barbecue guy. I'm going to cook barbecue things. You know, I'm going to cook briskets. I'm going to cook ribs and this and that. And then as I've slowly watched and listened to you guys, it's like. Man, we could really use like some really good lean food, some greens to kind of help yeah. with the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's kind of interesting to watch how the menus evolved. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think probably the first three trips out here, I don't think I ever gave you guys a salad. No. <laughs> Maybe some asparagus every second night. You know what I mean? But um, so that salad was pretty simple. It was 
half half baby spinach, half spring mix. Before I did that, I just had some some um, some ears of corn, charred them on the Traeger at 375. Um, what I wanted to do was just dehydrate the corn a little bit, but also get some of that char contrast. Mm-hmm. Didn't oil them, didn't season them, nothing. Right out of the package, charred them in there. They were, I flipped them four times to kind of get all four sides of the corn yep. evenly cooked. Probably took 12 minutes a side. Mm-hmm. Um, pulled those off, let them rest for a minute. Um, got some some warm butter, put it in a pan. Took all the corn off the ears, threw it in with the butter, um, put it back on the Traeger, covered in foil for maybe five, six minutes, just so all the butter and seasoning could adhere with the corn. Pulled it aside, took the half spring mix, half baby spinach, put it in the Traeger at 375 for five minutes most. And the only reason I did that was I personally hate the squeakiness of raw baby spinach. Yeah. And when you put that five minutes of it in the Traeger, it takes it all away. That was a new trick I picked up tonight. Yeah. And so once that comes off, I used uh, just right off the shelf uh, Paul, Paul Newman's olive oil barbecue, or uh, not barbecue, uh, salad dressing. Yeah. One bottle of it to a big pan. And, uh, you know, so it's coming off the grill hot. I hit it with the olive oil, mixed it really quick. So the dressing would kind of stick and adhere to the mm-hmm. salad. And then literally I just took that corn and laid it right over the top. You cut it off the cob. Oh yeah. Cut it off the, cut it off the cob, put it in butter, put it back on the trigger for five minutes. Okay. And then when that was all ready, I had it done and waiting, toss a salad with the, uh, with the Paul Newman dressing and then put the corn on at the end. Yeah. And the thing about it, keeping that corn hot with the cover on it, and then pouring it onto the end, it also makes that veg wilt a little bit more. Yeah. It was awesome. I really like that. Yeah, well, thank you. And that that's that's cool. I'm going to start calling myself the uh, – I'm not a, a pit master. I'm a veg master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the second one is the, the one you brought up, the sweet potatoes. What I love about this one, like for events like this, is, dude, I put those sweet potatoes on like 5 o'clock today. Smoked them. They were, you know, I cooked them at 350. Uncovered. I just literally took them out of the package, washed them, put them on. And 350, hour, hour and 15. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wanted to make sure, like, when you can stick a toothpick all the way through it, it's almost falling through. It was done for me. Mm -hmm. So I pulled them off, put them in the Yeti, and just let them hang out. About an hour before I knew you guys were coming in for dinner, I took them. Um, I just mashed them by hand mm-hmm. into a pan, and I added agave nectar, turbinado sugar, and a little bit of my old-fashioned rub because it's got some sweet components and some savory components. Mixed all that up really well, put it back on the trigger just for a minute to kind of heat it up and let all those flavors gel together, mm-hmm. and that's – oh, and some butter. Yeah, it was, they, were, they were awesome. Well, you loved was them two weeks ago when I was here. Was there a little cinnamon in it? No, that, that all came from the terminado sugar and the agave nectar. Okay. And when it comes to sweetening things, I will tell you guys, honey's great, agave's better, in my personal opinion. Agave just doesn't have this. Sometimes honey, even being all natural, just has a little bit of this processed flavor to me. Yeah. And agave to me is just so clean. And 
if you have to pick an agave nectar, I like the blue agave nectar, the light one over the amber one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I think the first time you came out here, I was so geeked out to to try. You know, it's a lot like when you go to your state fair or whatever, you have all these different foods you haven't had or that you can't really make yourself. And that's that's how I always felt when I saw you some of those first times is like, I've got to try. I've got to have someone that really knows how to cook ribs, or you know, I want a brisket that's done right, or I want a pork butt that's done right. But the more you've been here, every person that comes with me has their own grill now, and well, I mean, sadly, it's easier for us to like duplicate some of those things. So I don't feel like I only get to eat brisket, you know, once a year that's cooked good because I can yeah. eat, I can eat brisket cooked you know not to your level but i can eat brisket cooked better than Damn i can good. go to yeah. you know smoky d's or wherever yeah. famous dave's and buy it i can eat it better than that at my house when i want it so when you come here it's almost like i don't want to eat that heavy i almost feel like i'm able to stay active and move more i mean yeah no, no, no. if you eat like that enough it's so good that you gorge out and then you're in like a two-day food coma but, but meanwhile I mean, you're trying to cover ground <laughs> but let's walk them through our menu a little bit this week i mean yeah we get on the plane sunday coming from utah to here you know chad the launch event everybody is barbecued out what can we do tomorrow night what can we do tonight for yeah. dinner yeah, well let's just do a skirt steak you know skirt steak stir fry yeah yep. you know what i mean so that was night one yep Last night we did chicken thighs, salad, greens, you know, the whole nine yards. And then tonight, yeah, we had a we had a skirt or a, a strip loin dinner, but that was the heaviest thing we've had all week. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, this was a and strip loin's pretty damn pretty damn lean compared yeah. to prime rib or anything like that. Well, and the other one you did was you did the that steelhead. That was salad. yesterday's lunch. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that still had trap salad. was great. What's that? What'd you do for that? So we just, I got the steelhead trout, smoked them at 225 for about hour-ish, hour and 15. Okay. Um, And because I knew I was putting it in a salad, I wanted it off early. I didn't want it to be too hot. I kind of wanted it to cool down a bit. Um, But I usually look for 135. What'd you put on it? Because it was... It like complimented the salad. It well. was uh, it was our it was our Traeger chicken rub. Oh, yeah, that's why, dude. I had chicken, this. Our, our, the Traeger chicken rub on yeah. fish is really really good. Okay. The no, it it is same as the Line and Kugel summer shanty. It's really good too. Okay. On fish. Okay. Um, and then the salad was just that was a uh, romaine. We did some. What was the cheese we used on that one? It was a. Um, Oh, it was that shaved Parmesan, and oh, yeah. we did a vinaigrette with it, and and literally just stacked the stacked the trout down the middle of the salad, and it was I was surprised when you guys crushed it. Oh man, it was it was unreal, and for those listening, you know, this sort of thing is what's always made me excited about a Traeger. You know, I'm passionate about it. If you follow anything that I'm doing, I'm always cooking on it. Um, we rarely cook in the house. 
I mean, it's almost like, you know, our ovens, like you could wipe dust off of it. It seems like it just doesn't get used much. I love the fact that when I do cook fish and stuff, I don't have to worry about smelling up the house. Uh, having that outside is awesome. But I feel like if you write down, you know, if you listen to this podcast and you write down those basics, those are things that even if you don't really know what type of rub you might like or, you know, whatever, if you stick to those temperature numbers that you talked about, it really doesn't totally matter what temperature you use to get to those numbers. If you're cooking at a lower temperature, it's going to take you longer. Um, so if you're time sensitive, then maybe you cook on a little bit higher. Sure. Um, you won't have this near the smoke, but it really is more about temp than it is, um, you know, meat temperature more so than time or temperature on the dial. And I think if you can learn that, it's going to be a game changer. What, uh, what's the one thing you learned about cooking wild game meat versus the stuff that you've used in competitions? You know, I just, it's, you know, I always use the term that every animal's lived a different life. And that's talking about commercially raised stuff. Man, when it comes to wild game, there's no bigger statement than every animal's lived a different life. Yeah. So I really, you know, let's say when it comes to commercial meat, I competition meat, the amount of time that I check it compared to when I'm cooking wild game is, is 2x. Like wild game really just kind of keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's obviously leaner. I You know, I don't marinate much at all, mm-hmm. but... You know, the one I'm excited about, and I hate you're not going to be here tomorrow, is I've I've had a couple of those loins marinating oh, for almost right. two days. Because we're going to do a little uh, char siu Chinese wild pork tomorrow. With some, with some, yeah, with some hot mustard and some sesame seeds. And, yeah. That's going to be. I'm unreal. looking forward to that one. I, was, I just pulled them. I, I didn't pull them out of the marinade, but I opened them up and felt, made sure everything was looking good. Man, it smells amazing. Dang it. So, um, but yeah, so I, 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 there's a lot of, I mean, when I cook regular barbecue, I don't marinate much at all. Competition wise. Yeah. I inject pork butts, brisket, those things, chicken, but just cooking at home, I don't marinate much, but wild game. I find even if it's just a little bit of apple cider vinegar, just a little bit of acid to kind of break down that protein to get it started, um, is key. And then I just stay on top of it cook-wise. And it's something I would never cook on an expedited schedule. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about, man, I'm on a limited time period. I'm going to cook it at 375. Then I'm just going to cook a pork loin from the grocery store and not, you know, strap. Yeah. So I want to make sure when I cook wild game, I've got time to really concentrate on it, really focus on it. Once again, a lot of that comes back to the investment you guys have made into harvesting that animal. I mean, I respect that. Yeah, you've got to see it here. Yeah, I for mean, sure. I was telling someone the other day, the first time you came here and you were, I think, you, did you watch through a spotting scope? When yeah, I, when yeah, I yeah, a, yeah. I shot a hog down there. and then, Brought it right up here. We took the straps <laughs> out of it. We were eating it two hours later. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you going, dude, I've never seen something where it was like out there running around. You make a shot, then you're, 
you know, here in front, <laughs> of the, front of the cabin, like taking this thing apart, and I've already got it on the grill. It was like, I remember you thinking this is like a whole different. It was so cool. Well, I mean, I think, and I don't think we told this one on the first podcast, but our first time hanging out. Oh, yeah. At Hockey's. Yeah, yep. You know, Tyler, you know, I think it was two weeks before I started as an employee. And, uh, so, man, oh, that's you know, right. I got this. I, I got this. You yeah, yeah. T Steve. Yeah. He's like, Hey man, we've got this guy we're just starting to work with in the outdoors, and he's like an hour and a half from your place, and he wants to do a whole hog on a Pro 34. And I'm like, well, done that before. I mean, let's figure it out. And I always say it's the coolest meat order I ever made. Like, me and you talk, like, don't know each other from Adam's house, cat, and you're like, all right, well, I want to do this. How do we make this happen? I'm like, all right, so I'm going to need probably 65 to 70 foot on hoof, 70 pound. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 70 pound and. Big hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge. I said, so, you know, dressed up, you know, 45, 50. All right, man, I'll send you a picture in the morning. And I'm like, no way. This guy's, and sure enough, 10 a.m., not just just send me a picture of the hog. It's cleaned. It's in the locker. It's hanging. He's like, it's ready for you when you get here tomorrow. And I'm like, that's awesome. And, and it was such a good time. You know what I mean? We came down, spent all day, you know, you know, you had Sharon there, Harry mm-hmm. was there, and it was just um there was something about when I left there. We had such a good time cooking together and you know, just understanding your passion for archery and hunting and I think you feeling my passion for cooking and feeding people. It was kinda like you walked out of there, I'm gonna go, you know, this guy's gonna become a friend. You know, and that to me was really cool. Tyler, do you remember how like how close that time when I met Chad was to the very first time I tried to Traeger. Oh, it had to be like less than six months. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I would have thought maybe it was even less than that because I remember the. It fr- could have been. I mean, because I probably talked to you in the summer two and a half years ago, and then you would have gone down probably right in the early fall. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something like that. Early but I re- I remember I remember opening the book putting the trigger together and i thought i'm gonna follow the recipes in this book and i just started on one of the first things and i made it it, I mean, it might have been honestly the very first thing i'm not sure but it might have been something really simple like those beer brats or beer burgers that were in that that book and i remember harry and sharon told me that it was the best that they had ever had so then the next day i think i did like one of like probably the three two one ribs um, and then I got the same comment from him. So I immediately had passion and just like cooking stuff that I saw my family finishing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a bummer when you cook and then all of a sudden you look and you're like, you're not going to eat the rest of that steak. And they're like, eh, no, but when you make things and you're kind of saying like, all right, are we going to split this last piece? You know? <laughs> That's a, I mean, it's a better indicator that you're yeah. doing things right. So when I called Tyler and he was telling me about your background, I legitimately wanted to like get in there with you and, you know, do some of the rubs and, you know, I'm like, how, you know, how heavy do you put it on? Yeah. Do you pat it on? Or are you like grinding it in? Um, I just kind of wanted to get my, you know, my hand salty, so to yeah. speak, and, and dive in there with you. And then once I took a few of those tips, it like instantly made me even better yet to where friends were going, man, 
you know, this is unreal. This is unreal. So then obviously I continue to just push and push and push. But uh, two years in now, it still comes down to those basic numbers. And there's times where I'm out there and I'm kind of like, oh, brain fart. What's chicken? Wait, what's chicken? And so I have to send you a text like... (laughs) You, know. you can open up the re- uh, the app or the website, all the recipes. They have the temp right in it for you. Yeah, tell me about that, actually. I'm, I am not – I'm good at using the app for my grill, but I haven't, like, gone in and used any recipes just because I'm it, such a like basic – That's my go-to on figuring out what oh, to yeah. do. I'll just open it up, and I'll just put in, like, a protein name and search the recipes that all come up for beef or all for chicken, and all the recipes have that internal time in it, too, and – I probably get most of my inspiration from that. If I'm just sitting at home on the weekend, like, what am I going to cook? we got yeah. people coming over. I, I'll literally just type in chicken and scroll through. Oh, here, this looks good. Let's try this out. Chad's Chad's a new Kill... Chad, you've been a Killcliffe user for a year Since now? Over, a little over, yeah. I mean, you're... I dig it. It's awesome. Um, well, that's sweet, dude. Yeah, I've got a... I've got to get on that. But now, I, 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 I cook will tell so you simple, real, though. Real quick, getting back to that first meeting, one of the best ribs I've ever had in my life. Remember when you had them leave the pork belly on that rib? Oh, yeah. And we cooked it? Yeah. Holy smoke. We got to do that again. Yeah. That was so good. It was. Oh, man. And because you got like pork belly along with rib. Oh, it was so delicious. I don't know why more guys wouldn't do that as, as hunters. Yeah, that was good. And then the other thing I liked a ton was that uh, your hog, the first hog you shot. In oh Texas yeah, yeah. When we cooked in um, in Austin, you we didn't. That thing wasn't ready till about midnight when we cooked out in the parking lot. Yep. But the man, amount of people that stayed around to eat it was amazing. Yeah, it was just like a pig <laughs> picking thing. Yeah. But that thing was absolutely awesome. And, and we honestly didn't get to do anything to that. We we honestly. You, I dropped it. Thanks to thank you for giving me the opportunity. You cleaned it. We had the grills ready, hot. As soon as it got cleaned, we got it fit on there. We got it seasoned. We got it fit on there, and um, and we just babied it and kind of paid attention to it and didn't speed it up, even though we knew we had all these people waiting to taste it. But we kind of kept it, you know, that two seventy five, and it went, dude, it was so good. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, still one of my favorite events I've done at Traeger. Like it, it was super cool. It's funny seeing how you evolved with cooking once you started working with wild game mm-hmm. versus the other. Um, and obviously, it's kind of cool seeing how I've evolved as well. I've, I've just got to the point where I'm starting to enjoy the taste of the food so much that i'm like really i'm more worried about cooking it just enough to where i get all the flavors but i'm not like killing the flavors out of it i still like the texture is important to me but i just really like to taste the exact food i'm eating more so than like a sauce that's involved with that um so a lot of the i guess recipes and stuff just haven't even been on my radar because i'm just to the point now where it's like people are come over and they're like this is so good what do you do well if i was going to tell you to buy you know five things for your for your kitchen it would be olive oil salt pepper probably balsamic i would guess um i don't even know you know and probably just 
pick your other favorite rub and that would be you know whatever your favorite rub would be would be whether it's black and saskatchewan or you know a traeger rub. I'll tell you, if you told me i could only have one traeger rub I know in my closet would i would probably go pork and poultry Really? Or prime rib. I would say, I would well, well, say well, prime rib. Well, but but here's the deal. We had already said we had salt and pepper in the cabinet. If you didn't have salt and pepper in the cabinet, and 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 you got to season anything, you can take prime rib rub, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. I do. You can even lightly put prime rib rub on chicken, and it's delicious as long as you don't over over season it. Um. So yeah, I would say that would be the one. If Traeger has an all-purpose rub, it's the the prime rib. The prime rib definitely is my favorite on vegetables. Yeah, I mean, my, my go-to is that fin and feather. That yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, you anything. love the fin and feather. The only thing it's, I think on the fin well. and feather, you have to add a little bit of salt. Just just like a touch salt to everything. Yeah, <laughs> but but oh man, th- those herbs and just the way it cooks up, the way it looks, fin and feather on chicken thighs, killer. Um, with the new grills, before we wrap up here, uh, there wasn't a blanket available for the one I was using. I was holding temps. Are you guys confident there's not even going to be blankets available for the new ones right now? Or? I, I, I believe they're working on that right now, um, but it does hold temp way better. On Obviously, on the Ironwood Timberline, there's no need with the insulation, but yeah. I, I believe we are coming out with one for the Pro Series just because it is a single wall barrel. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um. Hey, I've never asked you this, Chad. If it's real windy, is there a certain direction that the triggers are better to face? Not really. Um, to me, I haven't seen that because we're kind of have our own internal system. Yeah. Now, like if you're running a stick burner, obviously you don't want your air intake for your smoke box to be into the wind. Yeah. And so, funny story. You talk about Smokey D's. <laughs> Darren Worth that owns it. Darren's the most winning guy in competition barbecue in the history of it. He's amazing. Multiple-time world champion. I'm cooking near him at this contest in Louisiana. Well, he just so happens to be next to the railroad track. Well, what happens is the way they put his trailer in there, he cooks on a stick burner, a jambo. Mm -hmm. If, If the train comes through there and he's got his flue open... It's going to raise at the temp of this pit, 100 degrees. Because, I mean, there's going to be a train go by there for Stoking that five minutes, you know. I mean, and so, it would be so much fun. Just I'm like, I'm going to get up two hours early and watch Darren chase this train. Because literally, every hour, one would come through, and he could hear the, he could hear the, the horn. Yeah. And you'd see him, you could see him jump through the door. Come out, close it down real quick, then stand, wait to watch train pass, and open it back up. It was, but you don't have to worry about that with a Traeger. I mean, we've seen Traegers cook in, I've cooked in them in zero-degree weather. Yeah. In, in shorts, usually. <laughs> um, and, and they just they hold yeah. strong, especially when you talk about the, the iron woods and timber lines. Um, and the Pro Series does well, too. But those top-tier grills do an amazing job in cold weather. Yeah. Well, you got anything to add, Tyler? Oh, good on you. You're like chilled right now. Um, long couple days, man. I know that. Dude, can I, we hit him a good launch event for a second? Good hike this afternoon. Good meal. That tra- yeah, that Traeger event was 
off the hook. It was so fun. You guys did such a good job talking about it. And I could tell everyone at the office was just so relieved that you guys went through that launch like that. And obviously having some new products, it's cool to be, uh, it's cool to be part of something that's growing like that. I I just think it's changing people's, it's changing people's lives. I mean, if I ever, if I ever struggle thinking about getting someone a gift that's like meaningful, I mean, I've called you a lot of times be like, Hey dude, I gotta, I want to buy this person a grill because it's, you can literally change their whole family. You don't just change them. I've given it to my good buddies before. And all of a sudden, you know, their wives are like, this was awesome. It's all we eat off of now. And you know, it's, it changes everything, not just one thing. You've worked with a lot of great brands and do. Have you ever seen an investment or a, an event like that? No. Yeah. No. It, it, it was, I mean, to me, it was kind of, I think we all kind of stood back as it was going on Friday and going, it was unreal. Are we doing this? <laughs> like, is this what's happening? Yeah, it was unreal. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, I, uh, I called Evan from Black Rifle and asked Evan if he'd come. Well, he was actually here when Tyler called a week ago. Um, and I said, Hey, I'm here with Evan. You know, can I invite him to that event? And Evan came out and he's like, this is insane. I mean, he's like, it's, it's unreal how good it was, but you know, I think, I think it's a testimony to, like you said, it's been years in the making and you guys sent some betas out to people and got some, the, probably the feedback you were expecting, I would guess. And then, uh, ended up having this huge launch and now you're just ready to like see how the dust, you know, see how all the dust settles after that. Yeah. The interesting thing is the product team's working on other things right now. May not be grills, but it's, it's, yeah, dude, it's, it's cool to kind of see, like, we're celebrating this and it's obviously super awesome, but it's kind of cool to see some of the other things that they're working on to complement these new grills that we've launched. Yeah. Well, I just hope people out there, at least in, at least in knock on nation land, I hope they realize that I talk about Traeger because I use it every day. And, uh, I think Tyler, you're comfortable saying the first time you and I talked, I was pretty adamant about, you know, I'm not going to talk about anything I, that I don't believe in. And, you know, one of our mutual friends was trying to send me a grill, you know, he's having you send me a grill. And I just said, no, I want to buy it. I don't want any, I don't want any, any type of, uh, I don't IOUs out there. And then I think you got it to me on a Friday and by Sunday I was calling you and I'm like, Hey man, <laughs> we got to talk. I got off that phone call and I went into my boss's office. I'm like, well, I don't know if he's going to work with us or not. <laughs> <laughs> too cool yeah but once i use it it changed everything and uh man every so often we take stuff and put it at the end of our street and sometimes sharon and i'll just sit back and kind of take bets on how long it takes people to because there's like definitely some hoarders that that frequent our highway and so we've put some of the craziest stuff out there because you know it's like too awkward to take to goodwill and i'm like rather than cut it up let's just put it out there and see if someone gets it and it does not take 
long. And the last time we had had something out there, uh, I had a, I didn't think people would know what it was because I don't even remember what it was, but it was like so kind of awkward getting it up there. So I took this sheet of plywood and spray painted on it free and like leaned it against the thing. And all of a sudden, like five minutes later, I hear like the brakes. So like I look out. Like a bad brake job. Yeah, like a bad brake job. I look out and I could see um, – it was actually a couple of those two gals, uh, two older gals. They both kind of looked, you know, looked a bit scruffy. And so they're like loading this thing in the back of this truck. And then I'm like, I'm like, thanks. You know, hope it works well for you. And then she like comes over and she's like, is the, is the wood free too? And I'm like, uh, yeah, take it. And she like throws this, like awkward cut piece of plywood that said had big free spray painted on it in fluorescent colors and they like took that too but uh those junk collectors were probably loving it the day that i got my traeger and realized because i took that smoker and uh, my propane grill rolled them up there and just <laughs> put them at the end of the driveway and they were they were gone but i'm like thank you get out of my life <laughs> that's so good well all right you don't have anything to add either one of you i think i'm good i'm good okay well make sure you uh check out the new traegers and take my word for it if you're an archer if you're a bow hunter if you're a family person that likes to grill, you have to give it a try. It's so worth it. And it was a game changer for me. And these two guys right here, make sure, well, Tyler, you're not a social butterfly <laughs> on, in the digital realm. But uh, make sure you check out Chad at Whiskey Bent Barbecue. Yeah, BBQ. If you say it out, do people do it wrong? No. No, okay. yeah, yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. At Whiskey Bent BBQ. Okay. I've gotten used to that. Yeah, or just look up Chad Ward. You'll find him. So thanks, everybody. Knock on. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>